Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Hey man, what's the good word? Oh, I had a great day. Did I you? actually, what did you do? Uh, I took a mental health day from work. Did you? And I, uh, I went out with. Uh, I took the kids out to uh, Fuzzy's restaurant, which uh, is just a local <laughs> Fuzzies. diner. Fuzzy's. We That's had, uh, yeah, we had, we had a nice a nice meal. They were well behaved. Uh, we went for a walk. We went to the local branch of the library. We walked around some more. Uh, we went to a thrift store. And, Did you walk uh, some more? What? Did you walk even more? Not, no. Then we drove to the thrift store because that was was too far, and the kids were losing their minds by that but point. But you, you walked around the thrift store? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get anything good at the thrift store? Um, we actually accidentally bought a plastic SpongeBob uh, tablecloth because Pippin ripped it open. <laughs> So, oh, I was going to make a joke and say accidentally means someone stole it and then you went back and paid for no, it later, which well, isn't too far from what happened. Th- that that kind of thing can happen when you have kids. I've had to go back into a store and put stuff back, you know, like oh, after yeah. we left. Like Josh was holding a book, I realized, after we're in the car. <laughs> God, know. you keep giving me these great reasons why I'm so glad I don't uh, have kids. What, what, what was I up to last podcast, 1,437 or something? So that's 1,438. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, you know, I, I, I uh, those days are good, you know. Was your work aware? Was this something like a day off you took or you just yeah, decided? I just, no, I took a day off. I, I just yeah. said, uh, I mean, actually I did wake up feeling sick with like a head cold symptoms oh man i woke up with like my i had like that plugged crustacean tube for yeah. the past week you had and, a lobster um, in there or something i did yeah you know yeah. and every nobody got that when i made that <laughs> joke i of course i'm referring to my eustachian tubes but yeah. i like to play with words and i called it a crustacean tube and somebody like commented about yeah you know seafood and uh, finally i had to spell it out for him to me the joke is obvious but apparently right. not everybody gets my jokes no. well it, that was really weird for you especially you're such a hearing guy and it was messing with your hearing you said it was well, I've never crazy. had it happen before that I can recollect either. Maybe when I was a kid and I just don't remember, but right. in my real adult life, I, you know, my sinuses have always been really good. So I got that plugged eustachian tube and my left ear was basically fine, but my right ear was like, you know, that's what it sounded like when anybody yeah. talked to me. And it sounded distorted too. It was really weird and there was all kinds of phase stuff going on. <laughs> You know, nobody, no ordinary person who this happened to would be saying, "Oh, they, they, you're, you would go to your doctor and say, well, I'm noticing like a like a fifteen twenty degree out of phase issue and an EQ issue in my right ear." Well, that's what it was, and you know what I'm going to do just for the hell of it, I'm going to take some of the audio of me from this podcast and I'm going to create an MP3 file of what it sounded like to be me for a few days in that ear, you know, yeah. and I'm going to just post it somewhere and maybe I'll link to it next week yeah. or something. But well, no, I. I I know what it's like when I get water in my ear. It it, it sounds really funky, and yeah. uh, and you get crackling. It sounds like, like you said, it sounds like distortion. But well, um, and uh, it you know, comes as, out eventually. You know? As an Aspie, hearing is something. There's something about my hearing that my weird neuro wiring. Mm-hmm. Um, does and I think it makes me good at what I do with audio. I can hear things. I I seem to have hearing 
you know, beyond that 20K range. I yeah, mean, most yeah, of my yeah. friends can't hear anywhere near 20K oh, yeah. at, at this point in their lives, and I can easily still hear 20K when yeah, I'm I, tested. I, I've, I've tested myself. Uh, I can hear up to 22K about. So um, maybe it's an Aspie thing, but so, yeah. you know, hearing something that weird in my right ear was very uncomfortable. So basically what I did was I put one of those little foam plugs. You kind of twist them between your fingers and scrunch them up and put it in your ear, and then it expands. Yeah, yeah. This way, the only time I had to hear something really annoying sounding was when I spoke because my, it resonates in my own head right. but like you know watching television or when a car goes by and goes as it goes by with that Doppler yeah, effect yeah. that was just horrifying sounding to me <laughs> anyway but this just, so, it just yeah. cleared up on its own you didn't need to do anything special no well I took some you know decongestants uh, it was and probably, stuff like you know, that just a swell, a little swollen up in there, but uh, you didn't have like a, you didn't wake up with a cockroach having crawled in your ear during the night. No, or nothing like that. But maybe <laughs> what we'll talk to later on has something to do with this. Maybe it's weather related because it's been warmer. Yeah. But uh, today I woke up with a bit of a sinus headache. So clearly there's a something sinusy going on right now, and it could be weather or maybe dust related or something because yeah. the windows have been closed yeah. forever. But uh, I felt like aw- uh, awful this morning. But I took uh, an antihistamine and a pain pill, and I. Uh, you know, Benadryl usually knocks me out. And uh, right. between 11 a.m. and noon, I just suddenly fell asleep instantly. Yeah. And then I woke up at noon and I felt much better. I wasn't going to podcast if I felt horrible because editing w- when your head hurts is no fun. But anyway. Yeah, I can see that. So um, you and I are going to talk about something in the future. It's something that uh, was kind of a, a little discussion I had on a friend's page on Facebook over the past seven days. And it's about whether or not the humor on the TV show Big Bang Theory is offensive to geeks. And, um, you know, our, our discussion was kind of lengthy and protracted. And yeah. uh, there, there's a uh, the, the person, Keith Spears, the musician that we've played in the past, right, right. Um, posted to a blog post by this geek who's really offended by uh, the Big Bang Theory. And uh, I'll let you guys decide. What I'm going to do is link to that blog post on today's show notes. Okay. So you can read ahead and see what it is. And uh, you and I are – you need to actually – you've never seen it. Yeah, I have not seen any, so I need to get Because your kerosene-powered TV player doesn't get Big Bang Theory. <laughs> so, you know, you'll need to, uh, you know, uh, acquire <laughs> some yeah. episodes so you can at least I'll, have uh, – I'll find context. some and I'll watch uh, at least a few to get a sense for it. So yeah, so yeah. I can I mean, say something uh, informed. And I have a lot to say about it. And I, uh, you know, I basically I cut and pasted everything that I wrote on that Facebook page into a text file. You know, it's for for mm-hmm. ideas for the main discussion. But anyway, so uh, yeah, John and I used to do things like that years ago called homework. We would right. tell listeners, you know, watch this movie. We're going to talk about it in two or three weeks or something. So this is homework for this the is uh, little listeners' homework assignment. Very cool. Yeah, and I will link to that as I said to that blog post uh, on today's show notes, and everybody can read it. It's pretty short. It's it's a five minute read. You know, his post. It's like eight paragraphs or something, but so uh, I've got something. Uh, we were kind of uh, casting around a little bit for things to talk about this week, and well, I, I want to talk about. Um, and this is this is a little bit uh, a generic. Um, we never did have a real conversation about this uh, looming fiscal cliff issue, this very dramatic uh, thing that was going to change all our lives and uh, either destroy Well, we called or... it the fiscal curb. I think I wrote that in my yeah. notes last week. But yeah, we I don't were... remember how we addressed it last week. We were referring to it as the fiscal curb because it didn't seem like that big a deal. And actually, I was hoping that we would just um, fail to come to any kind of agreement and all those 
sequestration cuts and whatnot and, and all those uh, all the tax issues all the tax rates would be automatically triggered but instead there was an agreement and as a result so what what I was hoping was that um all that stuff would kick in uh the the middle class um payroll tax cuts would expire and all the 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 cuts that have been around now for 11 or 12 years the bush era tax cuts would all expire and then someone could put up a clean bill that would just bring back either the payroll tax holiday or propose something different about rates make the system even more progressive you know um but that didn't happen so now we have this agreement where my taxes are going up and you know i i do earn a decent living but uh this is going to affect our our budgets and what i can spend and what we can put into our house and our kids and stuff like that um what exactly are you putting into your kids that doesn't sound right at all <laughs> that's, that's just <laughs> high fructose no high fructose <laughs> corn syrup and uh, ho-hos and twinkies no, no, yeah, we have a we cornered the market. No, we you we, you bought the last few. We did um, not, but so but so you know. But anyway, so we're but we thought at least in January for maybe a few minutes that okay, well, this crisis is at least uh, mildly averted. But now we find out the crisis isn't averted, and in fact, it's all the shit is hitting the fan even. Well, with the debt than, ceiling, you mean? Yeah, because we're still having the debt ceiling debate. It's coming up faster than people originally anticipated. And we're operating the government on, without a budget, an annual budget, we're basically operating under a continuing resolution. And that's up for expiration, too. They have to pass a continuing resolution. And if they don't, we have a government shutdown. And you've been through yeah those before but basically this this continues on and the and the debates all the all the obstructionism and whatnot on this are still going on and so we're having these ridiculous discussions about um well then then there's the sequester cuts too those are going to kick in at some point if if they don't um, deactivate that somehow well yeah and liberals continue to be uh disappointed by obama's negotiations and absolutely which i believe i called out loud on one of the shows three or four shows ago where I said, you know, liberals will be disappointed because Obama's going to cave because he's, you know, bought and paid for by the same corporate money that the other guys are, only a little less. So, I mean, I was, I guess I I was a little bit relieved to see that he didn't do the chained CPI, Social Security cuts or any other cuts, but this is really what they're holding out for. They want to see entitlements just blown up. They want to see what we've got for a safety net destroyed, and they don't want to see uh, defense cuts. And so they're well, not- I don't even think they care what, you know, I think the idea that entitlements are some sort of welfare is something that they sell to the, to the masses. But basically all of this, you know, and forgive me for going all corporate on you, but all of this is just, you know, they want to be able to cut this budget and, and, and give more tax breaks to corporations, essentially giving it to them, you know? Right. So they're not going to, nobody's interested on, on the right in cutting uh, corporate subsidies and getting rid of corporate tax loopholes. They talk about loopholes. They said, well, we can we can uh, get this income added back into the the picture by closing loopholes, but they won't propose any. So it's just and now now the the debate has has mutated further into this slightly bizarre uh, discussion about you know minting a trillion dollar platinum coin, 
Which is interesting. It's interesting <laughs> it's, that, it's, it's, that it's almost come to, this. to the point of ridiculous. It, it is almost to the point of ridiculous, but we're only here because uh, we're basically facing an, an obstructionist party, which is going to say, you know what, we're going to shut down the government, we're going to kill the economy, we're going to kill all the progress that the economy's made, and uh, you know, possibly damage our standard and poor uh, debt rating further for the sake of really this ideological point. And what they're ignoring is that since Obama took office, you know, he has been really, I mean, we did not, the stimulus was not nearly as whopping a uh, an explosion of the budget as people made it out to be. And he's cut something, what are, what are the numbers I heard? Cut the deficit over a decade by $2.6 trillion. I mean, so the, the trend has actually already been happening in the right direction, in the direction they want. They've cut, Obama administration has cut spending considerably. Now, granted, uh, you can have a debate about, you know, what's needed, but our government and our spending relative to GDP for the kind of country we are and the kind of services we want and expect is not that high relative to the rest of the world. In fact, it's it's pretty low. Right. Yeah. And even our newly raised tax rates are not that high. And, you know, our corporate tax rates are high relative to the rest of the world for industrialized countries like this, relatively high, but nobody pays that. And so it's it's this widely widely regarded as this joke, you know. But well, yeah. the question I have is this, right? So if I live to be 100 and I put that trillion-dollar coin in a missile command machine, can I play <laughs> for the rest of my life? That's, you know, basically the... The question that I need an answer to. Will they be, at some point, uh, will inflation catch up to the point where, like, we'll all be carrying around trillion-dollar coins? <laughs> we we might. What was that on, was it Back to the Future or one of those movies where he went into the phone booth and he was like, you know, please insert a million dollars for that phone <laughs> call? I, I forget, but, I don't well, remember, look, but here's... I I mean, I'm. I have a pretty, you know, cloudy outlook on all of this stuff. Yeah. I don't expect any great um, negotiations and compromises to be made. Certainly by the right, because they seem completely unwilling to do that. You know, they believe Obama right. is a social. I mean, black man. I mean, socialist. I mean, black man. And they <laughs> can't stand socialist. the fact that he's a, a social black man. And um, it's are just you, not. Are you hinting happen. at something? Are you, are you trying to subtly insinuate an idea into the? Sorry, go on. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. And uh, it's it's just not going to happen. I mean, you know, progressives should be disappointed by Obama. One of the things I wrote on my blog was, you know, the bad news about Obama being elected is he's not a progressive. That's how I started the blog post. Yeah. yeah. And and even liberals are going to be disappointed by you know what happens. And I don't know. I think these guys are are going to run it into the ground. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. So you want to jump into a tune numero uno? Let's jump into a tune. All right, let's check it out.
real nice tune called Strange Christmas by Big Green. Yeah, those and lyrics I'm, are a little bit uh, unusual, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, and I'm, and I'm such an idiot because I totally forgot that they had a Christmas CD, so we could have played a couple oh, of those you know, throughout December. It's still and I Christmas just, season. I just forgot. We're, we're right, still and that's in the, why I in played the days it of since, Christmas. Yeah. But great stuff. Yeah. So um, you kind of, uh, the second topic you thought of was kind of inspired by a video that I sent you just a few hours ago on yeah. the book of face and it was some tattooed tribal tattooed <laughs> maniac you know giving the uh the the same uh angry vitriolic lecture uh to the camera that the guy on Piers Morgan gave the other night I can't even think of either of their names but they were like if you come for our guns there's going to be a civil war oh, you know the guy this. on the guy on the Piers Morgan show was Alex Jones the yes. infowars yeah. guy and I don't know, I, this is sort of, you know, we did kind of a talk on guns and gun control. And, and I think- Well, we talked about it a little after the shooting, but now it's right. coming up again because the Democrats are, are starting to throw the phrase gun control around and it's scaring people. Yeah, and there's a, like a timeline for some actual legislation. Supposedly Biden is supposed to propose something this month, and I think they were talking about- I think about, they're meeting tomorrow. Really? Are you? Yeah. I think we were, they were talking about executive orders rather than trying to get things through Congress, which could be interesting. But you can understand why he would have to resort to this, you know? Right. And my question is like, I, I mean, seriously, the, these two nutbags, you know, there are plenty of people that like to hunt and they want their guns to do that and they're sportsmen, as they call themselves, you know? Sure. And there that's are even fine. open carry people who are, you know, trained to, to use their guns and know how to how to take care of it and whatnot and and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that's completely off the table but you know but what about these guys that are just you know angrily spewing you know their spit at the at the (laughs) camera on these shows i mean they really think i mean are they that delusional that they think they can take their guns and pack a backpack full of some beef jerky and go in the mountains and and defeat the u.s government what, what is I mean, that? what is like, wrong with them? I don't really get it. Like, he's talking to a British journalist. Alex Jones is talking to a British journalist. Pierce and, Morgan. And I don't know if you, you saw this, but he was basically uh, accusing this guy of being here, argue with, arguing with him as this was, you know, he was trying to undo the Revolutionary War, here and now, like on CNN. He was about to take uh, Jones's guns because he's he's a British guy and he's here. And like, why the hell would they want us at this point? You know? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> what is, I mean, is, is, is this like, is there really a, a risk that we're going to be recolonized? Uh, that, that, you know, anyway, it, it's just... It's just laughable, but you're not kidding about the spit. I mean, he was practically foaming at the mouth, practically frothing. It was remarkable. And I think part of what might have fired people up today in particular, if if that video was produced today, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. mean the, the, the Alex Jones one. That obviously yeah. was from last week. But that one that I sent you on, on the Book of Face, um, Andrew yeah. Cuomo gave the State of the State address yesterday in New York, and he spoke at length about gun control. Right. And he used the phrase gun control. A lot of Democrats are trying to spin it and say things like reasonable gun legislation or, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to, to give it a sort of an Orwellian name. And it, it's not that it's it's sort of reverse Orwellian or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, so that it doesn't scare people. But uh, Cuomo spoke rather passionately. 
mm-hmm. about, you know, we already have pretty tough gun laws in our state and he apparently wants to go further. So there apparently are a lot of people, you know, fired up about this. And of course, all of these right wing nutters like that guy on Piers Morgan, whenever right. there's a Democrat in office, they always ramp up, you know, and I don't know if the NRA starts it or who starts it, but militia activity always starts more during yeah. Democratic administrations. And, and then you go on these blogs and you see people saying stuff like, I knew it. He's been planning on taking our guns since day one. And I would say to him, oh, well, absolutely. do you have evidence? Do you, have you seen a statement like where in Obama's planks? Uh, in, He's responding time? to overwhelming public opinion at this point because yeah, people, yeah. you know, I mean, who knows whether this is really going to going to result in anything long term. But I think people just, you know, there have been massacres every Big massacres every few years. Well, there was and another one today. There every was another shooting today. But yeah, we've gotten to the point now where there's shootings like every few days, and they're shooting at firemen. We're, we're responding to fire calls now. I mean, and I think the uh, I think like Sandy Hook was some it crossed some kind of a threshold of revulsion for people where they ordinary. You know, I mean, Jerry Falwell used to talk about the the silent majority, right? Well, the silent majority of reasonable people, and I uh, maybe I'm. Not cynical enough, but I believe that you know most of us out there have some rationality left. You know, the like the silent majority of really of reasonable people reach some level of revulsion where ordinary people are now saying, you know what, I think it's okay if I can't uh, own a weapon that can discharge you know uh, three hundred rounds a minute. Well, you know, it'll be interesting. To see what happens. And I think on a previous podcast, I said they'll get the big magazine ban and that's it. I don't know Uh if I said this on that same podcast, but I've been saying this lately. You know, everybody was like, you know, we need to act now before the revulsion and horror at the Sandy Hook shooting blows over. And my response to everybody who says that is it blew over a week later. Yeah, right. I say that it, it the revulsion had blown over by then because based on the subject matter of their press conference, the fact that all of the parents of the Sandy Hook children who were murdered didn't go on stage and beat the pulp uh, out of that guy <laughs> because of his... Uh, uncaring and callous and uh yeah i can't even think the fact that people didn't jump on stage and just get him in a headlock and noogie him and punch him in his face tells me that the revulsion already uh has worn off and well there there were i think there were a couple of activists a couple he was well right but they were very reasonable uh replies i expected a little more anger and the fact that i didn't see any real anger tells me that it blew over and that they're going to get nothing maybe in a state like new york or california which is a pretty blue state you're going to get a little more action but below the mason dixon line you're going to see nothing in fact they'll probably expand gun laws he uh what I thought, I mean, the the ultimate ironic probably comment about that uh, Wayne LaPierre thing is that they announced that that uh, this was the start of a dialogue. We won't be taking any questions. Yeah, well, there there was there's an ellipsis. There was some comments between those two statements. <laughs> yes, but yeah. Yes, I, I just like the way uh, Rachel referred to it. He she referred to it as being Rickrolled. You know that whole Rick Astley oh, thing. You yeah. click on a video that's supposed to be about, uh, you know, Star Trek, and then it's just the Rick right, Astley video right, in the background. Right. No, it's just a chance for them to reiterate their their most venal talking points about selling guns. Uh, yeah, she's like, yeah. did everybody tune in and get Rickrolled by the NRA today? But well. See, like I said, I don't yeah. think they get anything except the clips, but we'll see. But uh, you want to jump into two number two? Two number two. All right, let's check it out. Even though I may never look into your eyes again. 
said Even though I may never hold you in my arms again Even though we may never ever spend the night track by my friend Pete Witty <laughs> called oh, I, uh, If I You Ever it. Change Your Mind. A great, beautiful song. I like his, his guitar playing. It's I've tried well, it's to get him, that kind actually. of... it's not him, It's not? Okay. No, it's that Paul Angerosa guy, that Hendrixy local guy oh, that we've played oh, okay. uh, before. Well, He's one of the uh, many studio musicians that played on this record, including right. original Bloodthirsty Vegetarian host Frank Tellerico, John's brother. Oh, neat. Plays well, keyboards. It, I still really like the bass and guitar on there. It's a very, very sort of uh, um, like a, a P90 kind of a, a crisp, twangy, you know, I'm clean, sure it's a Strat. Clean you know, sound. this guy's a full-on Strat guy. He's got like yeah. a 68 or something he plays. Sounds and, like a Strat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Single, uh, very coil, mellow. single coil tone, I guess you call that. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, but, you know, Pete, it's not with us anymore, and I've been thinking about Absent Friends lately, so I thought, you know, I want to listen to some Pete. But uh, so I alluded earlier in the the discussion about how the weather's been kind of warm and uh, you, uh, you know, I remember last year in March, um, I don't know how warm it was for you, but in here in central New York and all through New York, um, we had a week of 80 degree weather in March. Yeah. No, it, it uh, it it hit 80 degrees here too. 
And yeah. so it's it, for the past week, um, yeah, maybe it's been dipping below freezing at night, but it's been basically 35 to 45 degrees every day for the past week. And we're in mm-hmm. January. Yeah, it was all, it was into the 40s and it was sunny. And when the wind, when there was no breeze today, I think it was, you know, you felt like it was, you wanted to take all your jackets, you know, all your layers off. Oh, I just so. ran naked through the streets. And, <laughs> well, and now they're talking about 55-ish on Saturday. Predicting in, 60 degrees for Saginaw. And, yeah, and I mean, during that 80-degree week where I literally had to bust out the shorts and the yeah, sandals and all the long yeah. sleeve, short sleeve rather, shirts. I mean, I went cycling, bare arms, bare legs, every day for that week in March. It was amazing. Right. But yet, horrifying. But yet horrifying. Exactly. I was walking around on those on those days last March thinking, wow, this is great. At the same time feeling, this is the scariest thing I've ever experienced. You know, when you're the your whole cycle your whole sense of what time of year it is what season it is you know is broken you know this well and, is... and i have a pear tree in my backyard that usually gives us some nice fruit and my friends yeah. uh, like to pick some and sometimes some of them uh, can it and put it up so all of that blossom that tree blossomed yeah. in march and then of course we got but very cold and that tree didn't yield one pear this season right. and half of uh, the country's apple crop you know did yeah. the same thing some huge uh, percentage of michigan's apple crop something like 90 percent was was ruined because of that. So yeah, we're talking about sixty degrees in Saginaw on Saturday, and that is not that is not right. And it is terrifying in a way that you know if we were going to get hit by a say a, a hundred year blizzard or something like that, that that you know that's terrifying. Having the power go out, huddling in blankets around you know. But that's a hundred year blizzard. But that's a you know? blizzard, and you expect a blizzard in January, and or even you know these superstorms like Superstorm Sandy or whatever, or well, the hurricanes that hit. I don't know whether that you expect or not. I think we can expect one of those a year now. You well, know? but the, but it it makes. So they're more severe, right, than they would have been. But it makes sense. I mean, you expect hurricanes during hurricane season. Well, right, but we don't expect hurricanes that 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 bury Manhattan underwater well, every yeah. year. We, that, yeah. That's just not sustainable. Right, but but these things, the the these completely unseasonal weather patterns, these are almost more scary to me because they represent potentially a, a huge, huge threat to. Our our farming, our food supply, our whole you know. I mean, what happens to our existence? <laughs> what happens to carbon you know sinks and whatnot if basically we kill you know a third of the trees in North America? Yeah, I mean, I see it as all part of the same picture. I mean, to me, it's the same. It's weather. Yeah. So I don't see you know Hurricane Sandy as any different than what's happening now and what happened last March. But I mean, you know, I, I've said this on previous shows, uh, certainly uh, in the past. Uh, when I was doing it with John and I, I, it's basically, you know, our politicians are selling out every other industry in the world to the energy industry. You know, yeah. they're letting the energy industry release as much carbon dioxide as they want into the atmosphere so they can make all their profits. And the, the two big industries that are going to suffer are going to be the insurance industry who has to pay mm-hmm. every year when right. they storm, which means they're just going to stop paying, which they already have done. Well, it'll have to be bailed out in some huge expensive way. You know. Right. And the other industry that's going to fail is only the industry that keeps every human alive on the planet, <laughs> and that's our food industry. Because right. if we can't grow food, we can't, you know, grow uh, the food that animals' meat needs for meat eaters either. Right. I mean, it all comes down. Uh, it's terrifying, and and they don't care. 
So we've been trying to like locally everything Grace and I are trying to do here of you know with our garden project and our farmers market and our and basically getting people to farm and grow food locally. Like we were even eating uh, uh, corn, like uh, this cornmeal that uh, our our friend grew locally right on an abandoned lot in Saginaw, vacant lot. Project Grow Saginaw, and he grew this huge quantity of this this red corn, not the usual like sweet corn or whatnot, but this corn that you grind for uh, meal, and it made this fantastic, you know, sweet, uh, fresh, delicious cornmeal. And we would cook that and have like a cornmeal mush with uh, dates and syrup and whatnot for breakfast. But so we're trying to move to this local food economy because Michigan like Oregon and whatnot could be you know one of the greatest food states in the country where it has there's a whole food economy but if the climate is so yeah if the random so and inhospitable erratic, that we can't yeah. even grow our food locally then we really are we're really are in, in, in bad <laughs> shape yeah absolutely and I just love the fact that I mean this is this is a real a real threat and you know, other than uh, a few people like Michael Pollan and us right. talking about it, it's like, you know, nobody, I don't know, it just terrifies me because uh, this this really could mean that many, many, many people starve if the weather continues to be bad like this. Yeah, it seems like if this is not, I mean, if this is not the number one topic in the State of the Union speech, and of course, it it won't even be number ninety nine. You know, it won't be nine hundred ninety nine. Right. I mean. Then uh, our priorities are obviously so far broken. Well, but, as uh, you said on one of our first shows we ever did together, when we were talking about economics and how to get us out of this hole, it's like yeah. you know, nobody's talking about it. You know, nobody's even thinking about talking right. about it. You know, well, people but, are talking about global warming now but we're not so, well, the so we deniers have, they're saying yeah it doesn't exist <laughs> well some there there are the, the the deniers are becoming more marginal it's becoming more of a mainstream topic the problem is i first read and started hearing and and studying about this uh this topic when I was a child at, when i was reading books about it around 1973 and so that the climate change has an enormous head start on us, you oh, know, absolutely. as far as our, our leadership and our, our planning and whatnot. And that's the only question the, the big question is whether that can be, um, you know, we can s- figure out a way to uh, to fix that. And if you want to try heartbreaking, I mean, try explaining to your eight year old daughter that, by the way, for the rest of your life the the stable you know predictable climate that your parents grew up with is broken and and it's it's you're never going to have a normal sense of the of the weather for the rest of your life reason number 1439 <sighs> why i'm well, glad not, i don't have kids it's not the kids fault i mean but uh, well, but it's, i know but, it's but the fact that i don't have to explain that is a, is another pain yeah. that i don't have to go through yeah. but, but uh, no it is it is look, looking her in the face and saying you know, or my daughter Veronica looking at her and saying, well, this is going to be a big problem for your life, you know. Anyway. Does she have a friend named Archie? <sighs> Not yet. Maybe Jug- Jughead? I hope so. One day. Okay. All right. 
So I guess that's a show, man. I guess that's a show. What a depressing show it turned out I to know. be. I know. We're going to be a little more positive, we promise, because that's that's part of, that was one of our uh, one of our uh, resolutions was to be more positive. Anyway, this is Rich Wilgus in uh, New York Mills, New York. And I'm Paul Potts in unnaturally warm Saginaw, Michigan. Check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. Send us feedback, feedback at bloodyveg.com. And do something that we haven't had done in a while except by a pay TV installer. Send us some voicemail, 206-376-0397. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.